gentlemen, and welcome to the U.S. Capitol Building. If you've joined us today for the insurrection, please make sure you pick up a promotional leaflet on the way in, stay inside the safety cordons at all times, and if you get lost, speak to one of our Capitol Police officers, they'll be sure to point you in the right direction. And be sure to set aside a little time today to join us for some insurrection activities, including our photography tour, our fancy dress competition, and have a go on our climbing wall. But don't forget those safety ropes. And I've now received the results of our fancy dress competition. The winner today is Jacob Chansley. That's Mr. Jacob Chansley. If you could report to your nearest Capitol Police officer, they'll be sure to give you your prize, a guided tour of the building. And all that's left is for me to thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the insurrection. Wherever possible, please try to clean up after yourselves. Don't forget to visit the souvenir shop on the way out. And feel free to join us on the outdoor terrace for Nancy Pelosi's Insurrection Soiree. Grab yourself a light refreshment and enjoy the music of our very own Fancy Dress Competition winner. Insurrection anniversary today is Saturday, January 6, 2024. Also, Happy New Year. Today marks the anniversary of the date when our federal government decided that thousands of peaceful Americans who were simply practicing their First Amendment and protesting their government, their grievances, which is literally written down in the First Amendment, that those people were dangerous criminals and locked some of them up for two or more decades. We'll be joined by somebody who was locked up by the federal government for simply praying inside of the United States Senate and then peacefully leaving. His name is Jacob Chansley, AKA the MAGA shaman. Will he have his bison horns on his face paint during the interview? We soon shall find out. We'll also be joined by independent reporter, Julie Kelly, who has the best reporting on January 6th. And she's going to break open what actually happened during the Fed's surrection. So many unanswered questions, so many mysteries. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to In the Arena, where we throw the punches. Ladies and gentlemen, qui bono is Latin for who benefits when you are on a crime scene and you are beginning to put and piece together who may have committed the crime. You often ask yourself, qui bono, if you're a detective, who is the person who would benefit the very most from January 6th happening? Well, certainly wasn't the people who engaged in January 6th and entered the United States Capitol. They have their lives destroyed. And it certainly wasn't Donald Trump, who is now being taken off the ballot in states like Colorado and Maine for being an insurrectionist, a word that nobody had heard in 150 years and they dusted off, right? Just in time. Who benefited the very most from the fact that the election, which was about to be contested inside of the House, and we were about to hear 10 days of election contesting, and senators and congressmen asking real questions about the shady and deeply crooked and corrupt way that the 2020 election hat went down. Uh, who benefited from all of those debates getting silenced? And who benefits currently, today, from the hysterical retelling, the Hollywood studio level dramatization of what happened that day on January 6th? Remember, 
as they begin to release the footage of the January 6th riots, which I think is the probably most accurate term in some parts. And in some parts of January 6th, it was just people literally following and walking up and down the velvet ropes. Who benefits the very most from those hysterical caricaturizations like this? Not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. <laughs> it's hard not to laugh. Okay. Okay. I gotta laugh. So December 7th, that's Pearl Harbor. You have thousands of Americans dead in a foreign act of war. You have uh, September 11th. That's obviously September 11th, right? Many lived through that that are watching right now. 3,000 Americans roughly dead. Um, an attack on our soil by a foreign terrorist power. Similar, similar. Uh, January 6th, um, let's see, how many Americans dead? Um, a Trump supporter who was shot without warning, murdered in cold blood, named Ashley Babbitt inside of the United States Capitol. Other Trump supporters uh, who died outside of the United States Capitol uh, based on police brutality. So why don't you put it in those terms? Kamala, we've often asked, we've often warned and asked ourselves, what would our government look like if the weird trench coated theater kids who wore makeup to class in high school took over your government? These kids seem emotionally unstable, sad, empty hole in their hearts, longing for someone to love them, crying on command, because that's what they practice as they huffed paint in the back of the theater. And well, during the January 6th, insurrection hearings, we were able to actually see what it would look like if one of the uh, mentally unstable, deranged theater kids got a chance to be on TV. I think it's important to tell you right now, though, you guys may like individually feel a little broken. You guys all talk about the effects you have to deal with. And, you know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys help. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad, bad days. How we take account. <laughs> you know, we're not defined by our bad days. Like a tampon commercial. Like the Bab Babylon Bee headline from a moment ago. Adam Kinsey, your mom, lets him open up a January 6th present on January 6th Eve. Oh, it's a magical time of year. <laughs> so emotional. Why the waterworks? Why the hyperbole? January 6th is like September 11th? No, it's not. So all of the waterworks and all of the hysteronics and all of the pablum that has been spewed about January 6th. What is it all intended for? What was the ultimate purpose of all of it? Well, it really does come down to one central nucleus demonstrated perfectly by one of the police officers who was present on January 6th, who's now become just a superstar in the media. Nothing like using this tragedy to become famous and also to, well, become powerful. And that is the thing that all of this has in common. 
all of the January 6th narrative has in common is the centralization of power. And the people who benefit from that power, qui bono, who benefits from January 6th? Well, Harry Dunn, media darling on January 6th, nobody ever, nobody ever became a media darling who fought BLM. None of the cops that were wounded or killed during the BLM riots, none of them were ever vaunted or memorialized. Nobody who protected the White House when BLM orcs stormed the White House on May the 20th, 2020, none of them ever got media appearances. I didn't remember seeing a single one of them booked on The View. But Harry Dunn, the police officer on January 6th, well, he announced, well, this is all about power for him. And that's why I'm running for office in this absolute clown car of an announcement, ladies and gentlemen, dropped just a few hours ago. Here we go. On this day, my role was as a Capitol Police officer. I'm Harry Dunn, and that meant putting aside who I am, a father, a Marylander, a Democrat, because I swore an oath to protect our Constitution, to protect our democracy. It's what allowed me to protect some members of Congress who I knew were bigots, who helped fan the flames that started all of this. I put country above self. The problem is, a lot of them didn't. Some of the same people who stood behind us when we protected them went back on the floor of Congress and stood behind Trump. They voted to acquit him. And worst of all, they denied the violence and trauma that led to the death of some of my fellow officers. I couldn't stand by and watch. I had another role to play. I used my voice to speak out, to get into good trouble. And a few weeks ago, I left the force after more than 15 years of service so that today I can announce I'm running for Congress. We can't ever let this happen again. And you've heard it from Trump himself. He is hell-bent on finishing what he started this day. I'm stepping into a new role today, but I can't do it alone. I believe every one of us has a role to play in this fight. So join me. We've got a democracy to protect. Ooh, man, look at that. Did you notice that the uh, production credits rolled like a Hollywood studio at the end? The studio was right there announcing that they're the ones who filmed it. Give us credit. We're so proud of what we've created here because they did create a fiction. It's worse than any Mission Impossible movie in its uh, categorical hilarity and unbelievability. What you're seeing on your screen is, of course, what actually happened on January 6th. Doesn't really look a lot like Harry Dunn's retelling, does it? Wouldn't it be strange uh, if Harry Dunn's police officers there that were standing? This could have been Harry Dunn standing right there. Wouldn't it have been strange if this was his announcement ad? Boy, that wouldn't have matched up to a narrative. And that is precisely what January 6th has become. A narrative for powerful people to get more power. That is why police officers who, this was their day. Not the day that Harry did. You see the glass shattering and people ripping stuff off the wall, throwing things. 
It's all dramatization. It's fake. It's not real. And so many things about January 6th have now been proven demonstrable lies. And to open up the program, we're going to break down some of the largest, not all, but some of the biggest lies that have been blown out of the water. Not because we want to give a pass to hooliganism or people who on January 6th fought with cops or behaved violently. There are some of those people and they should meet the same fate that anyone would meet if they behave violently or hit a cop. You hit a cop, you should go to prison. Done, done. That's simple for me. But there's something, of course, far more evil at play here, which is, of course, the political persecution and the locking up of people that were simply practicing their First Amendment rights to redress your government of grievances, which is, of course, your right. They're destroying the Constitution by going after many of these little 60-year-old grandmothers who just wo waved 25-cent Walmart flags, who walked peacefully down the hallways. And people like Harry Dunn, frauds like Harry Dunn, perpetuate that lie. And they'll continue to perpetuate that lie until we finally put the nail in the coffin and speak the truth about January 6th. So let's begin, ladies and gentlemen. The first lie about January 6th, that Trump incited an erection, an insurrection, or an erection. If you're, if you're Chuck Schumer and you're so excited about the outcome, maybe Trump did incite an erection in you. We're not sure. But here's what we do know. We have footage of that day. We have the tape. We can hear Donald Trump say you need to march peacefully to the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections. Oh, okay. So you should go up there and practice your First Amendment right and do it peacefully. This is what Donald Trump was saying before his speech was over. So how would Donald Trump have incited an insurrection? It is not an insurrection. Insurrection is an armed takeover of the federal government. Nobody was ever saying we should insurrect or take over the federal government other than Ray Epps. There's one person who stood on the grounds uh, 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 inside of Washington, D.C. and announced that he was there to storm the Capitol, did that on film, or that he's going to go into the Capitol, did that on film. Curious that. Certainly wasn't Donald Trump saying that, yet Donald Trump is the one who's being stripped off ballots for insurrection. Almost like they had this all planned, centrally organized from the start. And many people were in on this. Donald Trump's Twitter account, which had 80 plus million followers, was ripped offline as soon as he posted this video. And why, ladies and gentlemen, we've dug this video up out of the uh, ashes of history. They didn't ever, ever want you to see this video again. But whilst January 6th was ongoing, Donald Trump went back to the White House and recorded this. Tell me, does this match the official narrative of insurrectionist? I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't 
play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. So let's begin, I guess, or end this point, respectively, with some good news. Not only has Donald Trump been proven right on this point that he asked for peace during that day multiple times, but the American public sides with Trump now. Is this wild? According to recent polling, nearly 40% say January 6th protesters had a point. More January 6th polling from the Daily Mail. More Americans think the election was stolen and a growing number of voters think the FBI was behind the violence ahead of the third anniversary of January 6th. Oh my, is there some vindication happening? Are we actually breaking through? A third of GOP voters think the FBI organized and encouraged the attack. Why would they think that? Well, because they've seen it with their own two eyes. The next lie we're gonna knock down here. There was no federal involvement. Well, yeah, there was, okay? So let's begin first off with a lie that you can just like pin up against the wall, right? Because you can see it. The FBI said there was no evidence of Antifa involved in the Capitol riot. Some people had said, well, wait a second, where was Antifa? I, I was a reporter in Washington, D.C. for a very long time. Antifa was at everything. You could walk by uh, the White House on a Sunday morning, there'd be someone from Antifa out there screaming, screaming till their voice cracked and the veins in their necks popped. Ladies and gentlemen, the FBI uh, picked up on the fact that many people were saying, well, where was Antifa that day? So like one day that there was no leftist protesters in Washington, D.C. Well, it turns out that Antifa was actually integrated into the January 6th riot and that Antifa and BLM uh, activists had infiltrated it in order to make Trump supporters look bad and to act the fool, to act criminally. Jaden X, ladies and gentlemen, is somebody who is live streaming and behaving criminally that day. Jaden X wore a Trump hat to January 6th. But here's Jaden X just a few months earlier at a BLM rally. Fucking, we got fucking rip Trump out of that office right over there and pull him out that shit. Nah, nah, we ain't about to fucking wait until the next election. We about to go get that fucker. I ain't about that shit. Oh, okay, so we got to rip Trump out of office. But on January 6th, it was Jaden X, BLM activist, anarchist, Antifa member, who was scaling the walls of the U.S. Congress in Trump apparel. We have it on video, luckily. Let's go! Get up here! Get, oh, oh, they're climbing up the wall! They're climbing up, they're climbing up the wall! Oh, 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 oh! Oh, okay. Woo! What happened uh, to Jay Next Next? Did he surrender to the police? Did he rip off his shirt and show everyone his BLM logo? Nope. He took his Trump hat and all of his Trump swag and he marched right into the Capitol and filmed this. We did it. You were right. We did it. Dude, I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. You just have to wash my shirt. 
Is this not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life? Nothing. Hell yeah. Oh yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you weren't recording, right? I'll delete that shit. But I didn't record you or me. It's just voices. Back to me. Okay. So, Jaden X saying, we did it. We LARPed as Trump supporters, and we broke into the United States Capitol, and we behaved criminally. Antifa revolutionary who incited January 6th riots found guilty on all seven counts. So that same FBI and the same Department of Justice that said there were no Antifa present just charged a member of Antifa and BLM for January 6th. Isn't that curious? So Joe Biden said Antifa was just an idea, yet an Antifa thug was just found guilty on all seven charges related to January 6th. FBI Director Christopher Wray says there's no evidence of Antifa integrating into January 6th, yet clearly they were. What else are they lying about? Well, it turns out that they're lying about a lot. The entire January 6th riot was filled with federal agents, according to Tucker Carlson, who's done some of the most definitive work on this subject. And that was a tip off to me. I mean, I had no thought in my head as I watched this happen on television and in the subsequent weeks that U.S. law enforcement or military agencies had anything to do with it. That never crossed my mind. I never thought that there was it was a false flag or anything like that. I'm not a conspiracist by temperament. I never thought that. Um, and then I interviewed the chief of the Capitol Police, Stephen Sund, in an interview that was never aired on Fox. By the way, I was fired before it could air. Um, I, I'm going to interview him again. But Stevenson was the totally non-political, worked for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, this was not some right-wing activist. He was the chief of the Capitol Police on January 6th. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That crowd was filled with federal agents. What? Yes. Well, he would know, of course, because he was in charge of security at the site. So the more time has passed. Now it's been. So wait a second. The Capitol Hill police chief said that the crowd was filled with federal agents, it seems like he would be the guy to know. And it turns out, well, the FBI knew all along. Check this out. FBI now admits 40 undercover agents at least infiltrated the crowds on January 6th, Fedsurrection. Impossible to not call it the Fedsurrection. Recent court documents reveal that the Biden Department of Justice admitting to at least 40 undercover operatives on January 6th, at least. And what do those operatives do? During January 6th? Well, huh, luckily, some of them were wearing undercover body camera, undercover cameras, body cams. And what did they capture? Well, they captured them inciting people to behave criminally and then behaving criminally themselves. So this is entrapment, which is worse than a Fed's direction. This is them encouraging their fellow Americans to go to prison. It's illegal. Watch. Drain the swamp, drain the swamp, drain the swamp. Oh, go! Let's go! Go! Help him up! Help him up! Help him up! Hold on, wait! Push him up! Push him up! Hmm. Well, push him up, push him up, help him up, help him up. You know, the number one charge that these protesters have gotten is trespassing on Capitol grounds. And so there's an undercover police officer on his own body cam encouraging and helping people trespass on Capitol grounds. How is that not entrapment? How did these people not go free, the J6ers, and the cop not go to prison? Because the cop's the one encouraging the crime. Undercover cop can't hand someone a firearm and say, go, sh go murder someone. 
You're not allowed to do that. But somehow, every single rule, every single law, everything was broken on January 6th. And how broken is it? Well, just watch Christopher Ray when he was asked how many FBI agents were wearing MAGA gear that day, encouraging people to behave violently. And how many people, and this is very important, how many undercover FBI agents were inside of the United States Capitol before the doors were open, dressed as Trump supporters? Oh my, well, that's an interesting question. Christopher Ray, director of the FBI's response, tells you everything you need to know. Does, it, does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021. Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when- Even are, now, because that's what you I, told us two I finish, years ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters position inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my... Should be a no! The great Clay Higgins of Louisiana, himself a cop and a sheriff and somebody who's really upset at how this was all handled because it doesn't make any sense to him, a actually honorable law enforcement officer. These people are deeply dishonorable. And many of the law enforcement agents that day behaved dishonorably. The only person who was murdered in cold blood via a law enforcement agent was Ashley Babbitt. She was killed without warning. She was unarmed. She was shot dead. It's all on camera, thanks to the Antifa guy, actually, who filmed it. So that's how convoluted the entire narrative is. Yet you'll hear, like we heard yesterday, Merrick Garland say that police officers were killed on that day. It is a lie. That is a demonstrable lie. There were no police officers killed, but there were a lot of police officers who were instigating the crowd. And that is lie number four that we wish to discuss, that there was no police responsibility for any of the actions of the crowd that day. The evidence points otherwise. Now, it's hard for me to, as a cop supporting show, to sit here and blame the police, but there is no such thing as infallibility not for us, not for the police. There's plenty of police who behave inappropriately or behave incorrectly. And there are plenty of police who are left out to dry, which is really where we're going with this. But on January 6th, Nancy Pelosi refused to pick up the phone to send in reinforcements and things got out of hand. Ladies and gentlemen, the January 6th investigation videos show police firing on peaceful protesters. You can see that in clip after clip after clip. Here's the police firing directly into the crowd. It's about chemical munitions. I need the less and lethal team position above me to start deploying. Launch, launch, launch!
Here's more. How egregious was this police activity? How antithetical was it to all of their training and everything that they've learned to not fire on peaceful protesters, people who aren't advancing, people who are simply standing in front of a building? How upset were the actual cops that day? Well, most of them didn't run for Congress. Go to a Hollywood production studio, hire a bunch of extras to create the feverish wet dream Liz Cheney version of January 6th. Most of the cops that day admitted that we're just throwing compliance at innocent people. We are kicking a hornet's nest. We are inciting a Fed surrection. Watch. We're just making them angrier. These are innocent people. They're not threatening us. Why are we shooting them? Kent State all over again. Now, eventually, the order went out to just open the doors, which is crazy. Is this what would happen like during a bank robbery? Just open up the vaults? The next lie, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Trump voters and the Trump supporters acted violently when they were let into the United States Capitol. And mark my word, they were let into the Capitol. You can see it here. The cops opened the doors for them. Here are armed police officers. You can see the firearms right there. They have, they have guns. The protesters don't. And the cops are not only opening the doors, but leading the procession through the building. What happened when these insurrectionists got into the building? Did they insurrect, which is, of course, an armed overthrow of the government? Well, no, actually. They peacefully walked around. They took some photos. They paraded like a third grade parade of art projects and sports trophies. They took photos respectfully and selfies. And what happened when they got arrested? They fist bumped the cops, as you can see here. Now, this particular video is kind of interesting because as you heard Christopher Ray say, I can't tell you how many undercover agents were inside of the building. Is this one of them? Like, why would he be fist bumping the police officer there knowingly? Do these guys know each other? Obviously. Obviously. Look at it. Look at him. Is this one of the guys that Clay Higgins said is a Trump supporter inside of the Capitol planted there? Well, sure would be nice to find out. But he clearly knew the cop. And the cops let him go? They just took his handcuffs off? They have him handcuffed? Oh, very dangerous. Very scary. When the police finally wanted you to leave the Capitol, 
What did they do? Well, they asked you to leave. And then everyone left. The police just walked people out of the building. There's the exit to the Capitol. There's the police officer. And here are people waving at him, thanking him, and saying, see ya. I mean, we didn't burn anything to the ground. These are the doors. These are the, this is the exit of the Capitol and something called the carriage entrance. These are the doors. These are people leaving peacefully and thanking the officers as they do. So that lie has been completely destroyed. Again, again, I disavow hooliganism. If you punched a cop, then you deserve to go to jail. There's really never any excuse for that. And some small group of people did behave as hooligans. How many of them were federal agents? How many of them had earpieces in? Such great questions. Really looking forward to seeing the documents revealed for what really happened on January 6th. They probably been destroyed a long time ago, but what hasn't been destroyed is footage of Nancy Pelosi whilst January 6th was ongoing. Now, if Nancy Pelosi was really scared of what was happening, you'd assume that she would go to, into a bunker or something, you'd be, be in shock. But instead, in this stunning footage, Nancy Pelosi, nine vodka martinis in, uh, dry vodka martinis, room temperature vodka martinis, stirred with a broomstick, Nancy Pelosi says, I've been waiting for this, trespassing at the Capitol. What a sick villain. What do you mean waiting for this? By the way, trespassing at the Capitol is what they've all been charged with later on. Not that day. It's like, how did you not know, actually, based on this clip? Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. I would come, I'm going to punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay the I've been waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. I've been waiting for this. What is it about so many vodka martinis that makes your hand curl up like this? Like a little raven's claw. I've been waiting for this. What person waits for January 6th? Trespassing on the Capitol ground? I mean, again, like, if there is a piece of damning evidence about January 6th, it's not the Ray Epps stuff, man. It's that clip. It's that clip. Nancy Pelosi wandering through the halls of the United States Capitol. You know, she had a, she had a full documentary team with her, happened to be her daughter. <laughs> Just random, random that. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Nancy Pelosi, full security detail. She's so scared, in fact, that Nancy Pelosi slowed down right there so that her daughter would get the shot. Oh, yes, good. Let me just make sure that the cameras are in the right place. Because it's all a setup. It's a production. It was a production that day. That's what was happening, ladies and gentlemen. And that is the final lie that Nancy Pelosi knew nothing. We know that Nancy Pelosi, in fact, turned down the National Guard that Donald Trump had offered. Another reason why Donald Trump couldn't be an insurrectionist, because you can't, you can't, one, insur overthrow yourself, Donald Trump was the president at the time, by definition. And then two, Donald Trump was offering 20,000 National Guard troops, which would have, of course, stamped out any hooliganism or goofiness uh, that happened that day. No matter how many Antifa members tried to storm the Capitol, along with their Fed buddies. So when you bundle all these lies together, you're left to ask the question, why? And the answer to that is simple. We covered it at the top of the show. Power. They needed power. And they also needed a star in their movie. 
They get power from creating a narrative and a production, and they needed somebody to star in that production. That man's name was Jacob Chansley, known lovingly as MAGA Shaman. Well, you see, the reason he was chosen, Jacob Chansley, to be the star of the show was because he looked a little funny. He would have been very, it would have been very, in, it's very interesting to see a guy with buffalo horns wandering around, much less face paint, with no shirt, wearing uh, leather pants, with a spear. Don't see that every day. Not even in Congress. A lot, of, a lot of face paint in Congress, if you know what I mean. But here we are. Jacob Chansley being escorted by armed police into the most hollowed area of the Capitol for his photo op. You see, they needed to create a narrative about Jacob Chansley. They needed him to be the face of the production. Every movie needs a star to get people to watch it. And they found their leading man. Dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th. Oh, well, that's strange. So all the people who were armed during the armed insurrection, all the police officers, they escorted the guy down to say a prayer while all the photographers snapped the photos of Jacob. It was a setup. It was central casting. And they needed a leading man. And that man joins the program now. He spent considerable time in federal prison for that prayer and for leaving the Capitol peacefully. And now he is joining our program. Welcome, Jacob Chansley. Joining us now, the face of the Fedsurrection, Jacob Chansley. Welcome to the show. So glad to be here, Benny. It's great to see you again. Jacob, we just let in with a clip of Tucker Carlson sort of blowing out of the water the narrative that was spun about you as a angry, violent, dangerous man who killed a buffalo with his own two hands and wore the buffalo's skull on his head and marauded through the Capitol, wrecking everything and definitely not praying or following police orders or telling everyone else to go home peacefully. Like, so uh, your thoughts, one, on Tucker Carlson's reporting on you that really was the first time that we saw a major narrative break for January 6th. And then two, what are you up to today? 
Well, um, my thoughts on that is that Tucker Carlson's footage that he aired vindicated me in the court of public opinion. And whether or not people know it or not, I do believe that at this point, the highest court in the country is the court of public opinion. That's why the Mockingbird media seeks to control the court of public opinion so much through their propaganda. And the media chose to use me to be like a straw man in their shock and awe campaign. And they kept certain things strategically from the American public so that illusion that they were painting could be reinforced with their propaganda and with the government's narrative, the J6 committee, etc. So when Tucker aired that footage, it turned the whole narrative on its head and it really caused everybody to ask, are we being told the truth about January 6th? We were told this guy is this crazy lunatic, horned man bad, horned man crazy. So if that's not the case then what else are they lying about? And that is very, that's a very powerful and impactful question. Now, what I'm doing now is I'm running for Congress, man. And can you imagine, could you imagine the statement it would make to the Mockingbird media and the deep state to send me back to DC as a congressman, as an elected official? Could you imagine like the wet fish in the face that would be? <laughs> okay. So a couple follow-ups here, Jacob. One, uh, when you're sworn in as a member of Congress, will you be wearing the bison horns? Send me to Congress and find out. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we have your official congressional website here. Uh, and so I think that, that part of the actual con official congressional website, there you go. okay. Your logo has the bison horns in it. <laughs> okay. It's a dope website. Look at this. All right. Hey, yeah. man, fantastic. You're going to wear the face paint in Congress? There's no rules against that, I don't think. I mean, well, I've seen you know. multiple multiple female members of Congress wear what is effectively face paint uh, to work every single day. You tell me about it. Yeah. You know, you know, I say send me to Congress and find out. The most entertaining okay. outcome is the most likely, you know, according to Elon Musk. So. All right. Well, hey, let's go. So what so you were lied about on that day. They clearly chose you out of central casting. They they clearly went and they cho they chose you uh because they needed someone who looked scary and they were able to get a couple of shots of you with your mouth open and a couple of shots of you with your with the horns and the face paint and they they cast you. Right? And so much of this as you go through it, so much of this looks like they were really just directing a movie of what they wanted to happen, creating a narrative about what they wanted to happen, using dusting off words like insurrection that nobody had heard in 150 years in this country since the Civil War with the goal of the fourth, 14th Amendment taking Donald Trump off the ballot. They, they'd really like come through and, and, and done this centrally planned like a, like a Hollywood movie studio. Um, what did it make you feel like that they, they chose you? Why did you well, I, wear the bison? Why did you wear the bison horns and the face paint, Jacob? Well, I've been dressing that way for over ten years. It's part of my shamanic practice. Um, it is a uh, I'm taking from the Hioka shaman tradition, and that is somebody that dresses in an elaborate fashion, uh, and then this shocks the cognitive system of individuals in the tribe. And that's when that cognitive shock has been delivered their brains have the ability to be basically like reprogrammed as the shaman delineates why it is that their social constructs and their cultural paradigm are not in fact objective reality. Now, you know, some people might say that that was used against me, 
But in many ways, with the Tucker Carlson airing that footage, it actually was used against them because they chose to make me the poster boy. And I think that if they would have done their due diligence, if they would have just read my book or watched my videos, they would have understood that it might not be such a good idea to give me global recognition and, and national martyrdom. And so um, I think that it was a big mistake on their part, but it's because they wanted the most sensational story. And guess what? They got it. And now it really is coming back to bite them in the rear end. You have become a bit of an icon. I saw people dressed as you for Halloween. How's that make yeah. you feel? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. And I was also, they also used my likeness in South Park, Family Guy, Reno 911, um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Saturday Night Live. You know, it was, it was, I think it was a shock to the cognitive system of the, of the country, of the world. And now when people see that footage that Tucker Carlson aired, it's a further shock to the cognitive system. Then when yes. they hear me speak and I'm not this lunatic, they're like, I actually kind of like this guy. He seems like a real nice guy and he seems pretty smart. That also delivers a shock to the cognitive system. And that allows the information that I'm relaying to them to be more easily absorbed. So here's a piece of footage that didn't make it into the Tucker Carlson expose. This is body cam footage that was released quite recently of one of the police officers entering the Senate chamber whilst you were standing at the press dais. We're going to play it in its totality with audio because you were able to hear what you say to the police. Now, I'll say, state it once more. The definition of insurrection is a violent overthrow, armed overthrow of the federal government, not polite praying people following the directions of police officers and thanking them, praying for them and clapping them on the back. But I'll let you decide, ladies and gentlemen, does this look like a Jacob Chansley led insurrection? Thank you, officers. God bless you guys. Thank you for your patience. We really appreciate it. That is glorious in person, isn't it? That is glorious. It smells like an old church. Thank you guys. We gotta send them out there. Okay, first off, Jacob, could I could I get a freedom from you? Freedom. <laughs> second, second off, you're so polite. You're so sweet. Yeah, like we've uh, we've met in person uh, multiple times. Like you're such a you're such a nice, kind, spiritual, respectful person there. And they interrupted you whilst you were praying for elected officials at the dice. Am I wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, we had just concluded the prayer when those police officers, those Metropolitan Police came in, was like, all right, it's time to go. And we're like, all right, well, it's time to go. Let's go, you know? Um, so, I mean, yeah. Dude, you didn't fight him. That knows, 
Well, no. You didn't fight them. You didn't threaten them. Nobody was threatened with anything. Okay, because you were at the center of the government. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just think it's a very important point. You were like at the dais of the Senate. This would presumably be like the seat of power. Were this an insurrection, you wouldn't have forfeited that uh, voluntarily. You you wouldn't have said, okay, here you go. Have it back. Thanks for asking. It does seem very antithetical to the entire narrative. Yes, well, it, it's because it is. And the reason I was sitting in the vice president's chair was because I was looking at the whole room. I wanted to make sure nobody was stealing anything, vandalizing any property, that nobody was going to harm police officers or, you know, et cetera. So that was the reason for the choice in location. Um, and the prayer being said there, just like me saying freedom throughout the halls of the Capitol, it is shamanic in nature because the Capitol building is, as we, as I said in our previous interview, is built on ley lines. And when you channel that energy, that divine energy through those ley lines, through sound, through prayer or through, you know, you know, saying freedom, then you're actually breaking up the negative energy that is in the building due to decades of corruption. Mm. And those decades of corruption came for you. I uh, have the uh, DOJ website here. 41 months in prison, you were sentenced to. 36 months supervised. You served 27 months in federal prison. Uh, um, and your thoughts on that conviction now that we approach once again the anniversary of uh, January 6th? Well, I'll say that because I was among the first that was indicted and sentenced, I think that in many ways, I kind of uh, got a lesser sentence than if I would have chosen to fight. Um, Sun Tzu, Art of War, never fight a battle. You know you cannot win. So my thinking is that if I would have you know, prolonged the process, if you look at some of the people that are getting sentenced now, they're getting far more time than 41 months. Um, but interestingly enough, the Supreme Court has chosen to take up the 1512 charge case for Fisher versus the United States. And um, if they rule that the 1512 charge is not applicable, well, then, you know, that very well may have ramifications, not just for me, but for anyone and everyone that was charged with that felony, where the government tried to bend the law so that they could charge people with a felony. Um, I hope that the Supreme Court looks and adjudicates properly because legally the 1512 charge is not really applicable. Um, it's about destroying like documents and stuff like that and no documents were destroyed um so my thinking is is that 41 months i did 27 because i had you know good time and i had fsa credits that i had accumulated and so i got 12 months off my sentence i did 27 months behind bars two months either in a halfway house or on home confinement and um you know if if we want to prove that the system works the way that it's supposed to then it really shouldn't matter where it is that these trials are being done, which the, the government has sought with great fever to ensure that they are done in D.C. Because like they told Enrique Tarrio, the prosecutors told Enrique Tarrio, the co-founder of the Proud Boys, that if they were doing these trials anywhere else in the country, they'd be laughed out of court. But they believe, and this is why the government is so adamant about keeping them in D.C., that it's basically a layup or a slam dunk for the government and they're going to get their convictions. So you're convicted for they wanted to put you in prison for three years uh, plus. 
Yet you are, you know, there's demonstrable empirical evidence video on camera of you standing in front of the building saying everyone needs to go home peacefully. You actually doing a better job than most of the police officers in asking protesters to go home. We have that footage, something else that was never played in your defense right here. So, <laughs> so color, colorful language, just like your face, Jacob. So you are sitting there saying, go home, like, get out of here. Let's get out. Let's go home peacefully and let's leave. Yes. Which what, in any other world would seemingly be used in your favor uh, in order to say, wait a second, this guy wasn't there to be an insurrectionist or to obstruct an official proceeding. He went and said a prayer and then he went and said a prayer was ushered by police into the building and then ushered by police out of the building. So like what gives? Let's actually, let's actually pat, like, let's say thanks for helping us clear people out. Yeah, well, if you look at the current Ray Epps treatment, the kid gloves he's being treated with, considering that him and Nick Fuentes are the only people that are seen on camera telling people to go into the Capitol. And the way that Ray Epps was treated with kid gloves in the media, he was also and has been treated with kid gloves, kid gloves by the government for quite some time. And he's just now being charged with the single misdemeanor. And they're trying to say that he was trying to help to de-escalate the problem. Um, and then you compare that with what happened to me in the media, what happened to me with the government, or what happened to people like Ryan Zink, who did the pretty much what ex exactly the same thing that Ray Epps did as far as like trespassing on Capitol grounds. They threw the 1512 charge at Ryan Zink. They mm -hmm. threw him in the gulag. So when we look at the situation, why wasn't I given the opportunity to have a downward departure from the guidelines because I was trying to deescalate? And it's because it would be antithetical to their narrative. The government and the media really needed people to believe that this was a violent, deadly insurrection. They lied about police officers dying. They lied about Officer Sicknick. Tucker Carlson also broke that story. They lied and lied and lied again. And then when the footage came out, it just totally turned all their lies on their head. And now we're beginning to see as more footage comes out, I really wish Benny Johnson would release all the footage, but as more footage comes out, the riot was in many ways incited by police shooting tear gas and concussion grenades and rubber bullets at a, a peaceful crowd. They, they literally were like inciting the, this to happen. And like I said in other interviews, when they shot that tear gas, and, uh, tear gas and concussion grenades and rubber bullets in the crowd, that was when all hell broke loose. Yeah, this is, th th this is actually such a great point. I have no footage, and perhaps you can tell me right now if it exists somewhere. I, I doubt it, but I have no footage of you ever telling anyone to go into the Capitol. I have a lot of footage of Ray Epps telling people we need to go into the Capitol. I have footage of Ray Epps leaning in to Baked Alaska's live stream and saying, we're here to storm the Capitol using the media's set narrative of storming of the Capitol before it even happened, which is 
really curious and very strange. Your thoughts on Ray Epps, your words for Ray Epps. Well, there was a lot of rumors. I haven't really done the deep dive yet, but supposedly he testified in open court in federal court against Oath Keepers here in Arizona as a confidential informant. So once a confidential informant, it's likely that he might as well be again. Um, I would say that the treatment of Ray Epps by the Mockingbird media and the government with kid gloves is indicative, in my opinion, that that may very well be the case. I personally do not know, but mm -hmm. I don't trust people. I don't trust institutions. I trust patterns. And the mm -hmm. pattern here is very strange, to say the least. Yeah. So what is the pattern for you as you like head off, uh, presumably into the sunset, going back to Congress, this time with a congressional pin on Jacob? Uh, it seems like this hasn't broken you uh, in spite of no. everything and in spite of all the lies uh, and all of the uh, in, un, the incredibly defamatory and sick things that they have tried to do to you and your person and your image. And I hope that you end up hauling off and suing these people at some point. Um, because again, you're a very, very sweet man. And I'm sure many people watching this would be like, wow, I've never actually heard this guy talk before. Like, he's really nice. Like, seems like a really nice guy. Like, there's nothing crazy about him. This was all a lie. I've been lied to. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your final thoughts on these events um, and the last four years? My final thoughts on the events are that January 6th was a setup. If we look into the way that intelligence was suppressed by the Pentagon, by the FBI, by Yogananda Pittman, in the Capitol Police and, and intelligence, the intelligence officer, you know, Yogananda Pittman, the way that Chief Sun was removed, his emergency powers were revoked and removed by Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell before January 6th, the way that Donald Trump's offer for the National Guard to guard the Capitol was denied, the way that Chief Sun's request for the National Guard was denied because of lack of evidence, which was intentionally suppressed, it was a setup. And then it was a psyop that ensued afterward to go after Trump and his supporters and to label Trump supporters as domestic extremists, domestic terrorists. You know what uh, Kyle Serafin and um, Stephen Friend call an agave, a anti-government, anti-authority, uh, violent extremist. Um, that that's what they're trying to label people as. Um, and they're going after people based on social media posts. There's a guy on Twitter named Alpha Warrior that had the his home was swatted because of a social media post. He wasn't even there on January 6th. You know, think about that. His infant had to sit inside for four hours. His like newborn four month old child was sitting inside for four hours while the FBI basically ransacked his place and forced the parents and his whole family outside the home and did not allow them to go in and check on their infant. You got people that are being raided for misdemeanors, which normally, according to the normal protocol for FBI, which would be something like a self-surrender, a phone call. You know, they'd come in, they'd, they'd get a, a statement, et cetera, but they're raiding these people's homes. They're trying to set a precedent, and it's a very dangerous precedent that they are trying to set. I think it's backfiring on them, though. That's my final thought on all this, is that the setup and the psyop that ensued afterward, insurrection, violent, deadly insurrection, um, violent extremists, white supremacists, like none of this stuff is factual. 
and people are starting to see that they have been lied to routinely by the government and by the media for decades. And that's why there's so much division. That's why there's so much vitriol. That's why there's so much uh, um, upheaval in our social systems, because our culture, our, our systems, our social constructs are based on lies. And once again, this is what the whole shamanic thing is about with the hioka and all that stuff is that the shocking image is designed to shock the cognitive system. And then the shaman relays to the tribe. Guess what? Your social constructs, your cultural paradigm is a lie. It's not reality. And that's essentially what through the Tucker Carlson footage and the interviews that I've done that I have attempted to do, not just for the American people, but for everybody around the world. Jacob Chansley. I hope that you get a call from Spirit Halloween sometime soon and model for one of the most popular Halloween costumes that I've seen in a long time. This is quite the revenge arc. This is quite the vindication. And I hope it continues for you. Uh, happy New Year. May God bless you and keep fighting. God bless you as well. Much love, Benny. Bye, Jacob. Love talking with Jacob Chansley. I'm always uplifted with Jacob Chansley. He's, like, he's got such a good energy to him. And I guess that's that's what you are if you're a shaman, right? Like your whole life's about good energy. Uh, energy is sort of the, the plot line of a movie called Minority Report. This is a movie from like 10 years ago, but Tom Cruise and people getting charged for crimes they didn't commit yet or crimes that they weren't around, right? They're getting charged effectively for crimes you may commit sometime in the future. And everyone watched this sci-fi film set way into the future and thought, wow, that's really entertaining concept. That can never happen here. No way that in America that our judicial system would charge you for crimes that you weren't present at or crimes that you literally didn't commit. Thought crimes, as it were, the plot of the movie Minority Report. And it's also the plot of the Biden Justice Department, as announced by Matthew Graves, the U.S. District Attorney for Washington, D.C., yesterday and what happened inside of the building. An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. Oh, okay. So now if you didn't behave violently and if you didn't enter the United States Capitol and if you just simply wandered about the Capitol, which by the way, the Capitol grounds uh, on virtually all other days of the year are wide open. You can walk right up to the Capitol building, put your hand on it. But if you did that thing that you can do any other day of the year, if you did that thing on January 6th, then you are guilty of thought crime and you now must go to jail. What dangerous times we live in. What sick goblins, these people. There's a goblin hunter out there who's just better than, better than anyone else. Her name is Julie Kelly. She's an independent journalist that has been calling balls and strikes on January 6th from day one. She writes at Declassified and she joins the program now. Uh, 
Julie, thank you so very much for being on the program. Thought crimes. If you thought about January 6th that morning, you go to jail. That's what was just announced. And, and they've been following through on that, right? There have been multiple people charged who weren't at January 6th, who weren't, who weren't even present there, right? St like thousands of miles away. Right. So uh, the clip there is Matthew Graves, U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Biden, um, campaign advisor in 2020, who was then appointed D.C. U.S. Attorney in November of 2021. Then he ratcheted up this accelerated criminal prosecution. I mean, the headline for that clip should be sociopathic leftist yells, get off my lawn at Trump supporters. What a lunatic. Who talks about people being on public grounds on a Wednesday afternoon? Keep in mind, long after some undercover agents and FBI agents we now have on film removed all of the fencing, the people who came from the ellipse, anyone who was there after 1.30, all of the signage had been gone. People didn't know that they were trespassing on government grounds that they pay for. And here's crazy person Matthew Graves saying he's going to go at use the most powerful prosecutorial powers in the country to continue to round up people who stepped on the grass outside of the Capitol building on January 6th. Crazy. There's a clip, there's a clip that just like rings in the back of my mind. I'm not going to say that I dream about it because I don't want to say, admit I dream about Nancy Pelosi. That's just oh God, no. awful way to stay up at night. But there's a clip of her where she's saying in her office, trespassing on the Capitol grounds. This is whilst uh, January 6th is ongoing. You can see it happening mm -hmm. outside of the windows. She mm -hmm. says, she says, I've been waiting for this. Mm -hmm. Trespassing on Capitol grounds. Here, I'll show it to you. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes, I'm gonna punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay the few I'm minutes. waiting for this for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm gonna punch him out and I'm gonna to go to jail and I'm gonna be happy. Have you been with, is this a, like a normal thing for a elected official to say, I've been waiting for this trespassing on Capitol grounds, much less the person who was responsible for the security uh, January 6th? Right, so, you know, that calls into question so many things, Benny, which is, first of all, why were the grounds restricted? What people like Matthew Graves and DOJ say is, the entire area was off limits because Mike Pence, the Secret Service protectee, was at the Capitol even after he evacuated, allegedly he was still somewhere on the property. That's still super fuzzy whether he was or not. Um, so, but your average American, I didn't know that you can't go anywhere near a building if a Secret Service protectee is on the grounds. Furthermore, after he left, and who are these people to designate public property restricted that you can't walk on it? I mean, that violates all of the protests that we've seen, especially recently. I mean, the grounds certainly were off limits during, you know, the protests about the Dobbs decision or certainly the Kavanaugh confirmation or the 2017 inauguration of Donald Trump. Then all of a sudden they just unilaterally decide on a Wednesday afternoon uh, when this important, we're told, you know, ceremony, peaceful transfer of power. You can't have Americans standing on grass. It's ridiculous. So that is kind of a tip off right there uh, that they were already setting up people, including Donald Trump, to use the DOJ to prosecute them for concocted imaginary made up crimes. Yeah. So the, the fix was in. They'll mm -hmm. take down the fences and anybody who does what they could do any other day of the year. I mean, I lived in Washington, D.C. for 15 years. Uh, I've never seen it uh, other than 
other than during the State of the Union. And so I'm trying to be fair here. So during the State of the Union, which I've sat up and covered like a million times, when all of the government is effectively in one building, then they put up like a small barrier kind of around, they, they try and control who can step on capital grounds. And that's it. And that's it. And otherwise, every single other day of the year, you walk right up, you stand on the steps of the Capitol. Tour groups just wander up and down the steps of the Capitol day and night. Little kids from schools, you go take your selfie. Uh, this is how it normally functions because it's a public building, because it's public property. But not this day, right? Well, I, was, I will tell you something interesting, Benny, though. I listened to an appellate court hearing a few weeks ago for the trespassing conviction of Cui Griffin, who was the Cowboys for Trump guy. He never went inside the building either. He was convicted of being on restricted grounds in a bench trial. The appellate court, including Democrats, were very wary about that conviction because the argument of the defendant, Cui Griffin, was there was no signage there to let anyone know that this area was restricted. And the one Democrat judge was really pushing DOJ to say, well, how are these people, how are they supposed to know it was restricted grounds? Uh, you know, and they actually showed signage that the Secret Service has that they can put up and say, this is a protected area. You cannot trespass. Nothing like that was there on January 6th. So what would be very interesting and so ironic is if the appellate court panel that I listened to a few weeks ago, majority Democrats ruled that this particular conviction for trespassing is not feasible, is not legitimate, and overturns that conviction. This is going to have not just ramifications for hundreds who have taken plea deals or been convicted of, of that charge, but also Matthew Graves warning everyone, you were on my grass on January 6th and I'm going to come after you. So I will be watching that and reporting on that as well as soon as that decision is handed down. Okay, well, you can't walk on the grass on a bill on a public building, but you can burn down buildings at the White House. You can literally burn down White House facilities and nothing will happen to you. You can torch St. John's and nothing will happen to you. It really is. What a country. What a country, Julie. Truly. So the section 1512C2, you've been covering this quite a bit. This seems to be the section that will hopefully, prayerfully get struck down. Uh, as it uh, uh, as it purports to the obstruction of uh, an official proceeding, uh, it seems like they may be handed some major losses. The Biden regime maybe handed the loss you just discussed and, and maybe the trespassing loss and maybe this uh, with Supreme Court review. Can you give us an update here? Right. So this is 1512C2 obstruction. This is the most common felony in J6 cases. 320 individuals have been charged, resulting in dozens of plea deal convictions, harsh prison sentences of years in jail. Um, the Supreme Court last month granted cert, which means uh, they were going to review uh, a very confusing appellate court ruling that barely upheld this charge in uh, the case of at least three January 6th defendants. And so if the Supreme Court oral arguments are scheduled for March and April, we should have some sort of ruling by the end of June, which is the end of their term. Benny, if the Supreme Court comes back, as I ex expect that they will, and really condemn DOJ for intentionally exploiting vague language, misinterpreting intentionally vague language in this statute, uh, and they they overturn how it's been used, not only will it have ramifications for the defendants, but keep in mind, this count represents half of special counsel Jack Smith's indictment against Donald Trump. Two of the four wow. charges are tied to 1512C2. So this is even a bigger issue for SCOTUS than the immunity uh, matter that's making its way over there. 
Because if the Supreme Court comes back, and I expect that they will, and say that the DOJ intentionally misinterpreted, um, this is going to be such a permanent and well-deserved black eye for Matthew Graves, Department of Justice, and all of these D.C. Uh, judges who have allowed this to happen. And I'll tell you what, Benny, the judges are nervous that, that the Supreme Court is going to do just that because they are already delaying sentencing for individuals who have pleaded or been convicted mm. of this count, expecting the Supreme Court to reverse how DOJ has applied that statute. And you tell here this horrible story of the 60-year-old woman with no criminal record who was effectively refusing to eat in prison, charged with this, and they're hunting down the 60-year-old woman. They're hunting down, like, presumably just bystanders who were gawking at the building, wondering what was going on. They're hunting those people down, but they can't find the pipe bomber. Can't find the guy. Not The one person that can't be found is the one who left bombs at the building uh, of the DNC and the RNC. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you give us an update on the most mysterious and uh, the mm -hmm. most mysterious supervillain of our time, uh, the, 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 pipe, the pipe bomber? So I really laughed, literally laughed out loud last night when I saw that the FBI had posted now a $500,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the pipe bomber. We've seen this weird video of allegedly who this individual is. And despite using every tool at, that they could possibly get their hands on, geofence warrants, which collected all of the cell phone data from anyone who was in the vicinity of Washington on the 5th and 6th. You know this too, Benny. I mean, they've got subpoenas against big tech. They've gotten information from Amazon, from Google, from Bank of America. They've tracked all of this information. They've gone to uh, DMV, Secretary of State, looking for driver's license information. I mean, they have gone through trespassing uh, investigations with fine tooth comb using all of the power at their disposal to investigate and then arrest January 6th defendants, but they can't use those same tools to find the pipe bomber. Makes no sense. Stephen D'Antuano, who was head of the Washington FBI field office, said, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of cell data from that timeline and in that. But one of the files was corrupted. And gee, it probably is the cell phone provider for this particular mm. suspect. Of course, no one believes any of this. This is another sort of hoax. And, um, you know, hopefully it's something that Republicans will also look into. But I think I know I have some reporting on it. We've been looking at videos of the alleged discovery of the pipe bomb. Keep in mind, Kamala Harris was at the DNC. There were secret service there as well that allegedly missed the pipe bomb. So still a lot of questions as to this one event that really triggered the chaos and panic that day, prompted the lockdown of house office buildings, and then allowed police, more importantly, to go to a separate channel to allegedly discuss what was happening with that device. Why was Kamala Harris at the DNC? That wouldn't make any sense. Yes, Benny. So that's one area I'm going to be looking at again uh, this year. Now, the DOJ lied for a year and said Kamala Harris was in the Capitol. Again, why the area was restricted. DOJ came finally at the end of 2021 and admitted, oh, no, she wasn't there. She was at the DNC. Why did Kamala Harris, a sitting U.S. senator, remember, incoming vice president, leave the Capitol around 1120 that day when this was going to be all about her? This was her big moment. And go to the DNC to do what? 
and stay there till after one o'clock when the joint session began. And then they evacuated her. Very suspicious. Of course, she's never been asked why she went there. No one has ever found out why the DOJ and the media basically lied about this for over a year, too. No explanation as to why she was there. I guess the question is, was she supposed to be part of this stunt? Was she supposed hmm. to be part of the panic that not just pipe bombs were found, they were found where Kamala Harris is? So um, we still have no explanation. A lot of things about the pipe bomb, but more importantly, why was the incoming VP of the DNC when this device was there and not found by her own security detail. So forgive me for my lack of scientific understanding here, but I have a, you know, there are a couple of cops in my family and based on what I understand, uh, local police officers are capable of finding DNA evidence on various objects. If you handle a object, then you leave DNA evidence on it. Mm -hmm. It's it is scientifically impossible to not do that unless you are inside of a vacuum. You're telling me that these pipe bombs, which must be intricately put together and have to be like laboriously wound up and labored on for hours on end to be created. I don't know. I know nothing about pipe bombs, but but you have to assume that, right? That there's no DNA evidence. There's no leads. There's nothing based on the construction of the bombs themselves. Well, we were told by the FBI that both of the devices were viable, that they were deadly, and that they had been detonated, I believe, by the F by the ATF or, or the bomb squad. So they detonated devices before, to your point, which is an excellent question, before they uh, retrieved any evidence, physical evidence that could have been found on those devices. We're supposed to believe all of that. Now, um, keep in mind, there were also there was also chatter about an alleged bomb scare from both DCDHS officials who apparently gamed out a few weeks before January 6th the possibility of finding an explosive device. Liz Cheney said she brought secret a former Secret Service agent with her on January 6th because she was afraid of a bomb scare. So then there's actually a bomb scare but no one has retrieved any of the evidence, kept any of the evidence. All we have from the FBI are a pair of sneakers that the suspect allegedly wore. We can't get straight answers from the former head of the Washington FBI field office. Merrick Garland in his speech today lied about five police officers dying for January 6th, but didn't once bring up the pipe bomber and the most uh, unsolved mystery of January 6th. So if you're yeah. smelling a cover-up and another hoax and another lie about what happened on January 6th about the pipe bomb, um, I think you're spot on. Wow. You've been, smelling, you've been smelling lies on this for, well, since hour one of January 6th. <laughs> we, ha we have a, we have a uh, Jan Jan January 6th Eve magical Flashback. present for you, Julie. <laughs> Yes, we have dug into the archives and found something that you tweeted at four o'clock on January 6th, 2021, a photo of Jacob Chansley flexing at the Senate dais. Um, and you said, probably do a better job. <laughs> it's like you, were, you were making memes about January 6th years ahead of time. You were light years ahead. And I want to end the interview by asking, what is it that that 
that made when the rest of the world gasped okay or like believed the official narratives what is it inside of you that made you go no no something's not right something's wrong here well i just thought the overreaction was absurd i mean it was crazy how people were talking you know the insurrection narrative was planted that afternoon by joe biden himself the same time i posted that tweet uh that this was an insurrection i was like this just does not seem right um, what what is with the overreaction? And then, you know, in the days following, just keeping that hunch that something was really off. This is not how Trump supporters behave. And, um, you know, of course, at the end of the day, as I wrote the next day in an article, the Democrats and most Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, oddly got what they wanted after the insurrection, which was the shutdown of the proposal proposed 10 day election audit which is what that day really was all about. So it's so weird how that happened. And then the Democrats and Mitch McConnell and never Trump Republicans got exactly what they wanted, which mm -hmm. was not airing 12 hours of suspected election fraud in six swing states, which was the Republicans plan that day. Hmm. Which of course we now know was shady and crooked as hell. The truth shall set you free. Julie Kelly setting people free every single day. Please go visit Declassified.live where she writes and such incredible uh, reporting and such bravery. And we need a lot more of that in this country. God bless you, Julie Kelly. Happy New Year. And happy, too, Benny. happy January, happy January 6th. Happy Fed Surrection. Thanks, Benny. Happy Fed Surrection. <laughs> <laughs>
well, the pretty scary and dark place that this country is in right now. And the truth shall set you free. Nobody wants to live a slave, certainly not us here in the arena where we throw the punches. It's your boy Benny. Happy Fed Surrection Day. See ya.